If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lombardland on a Friday as we welcome you. Hope you're having a nice day. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Of course, quickly, John Ewing sent over from BetMGM the handle and uh, the ticket counts right now. So this is flipped. The spread, 76% of the tickets on the Hawks tonight, 74% of the handle. Um, the total, 81% on the under, Michael, where you are, 72% of the handle on the under, so 81% of the tickets being written up. Money line, 34% on the bucks over at BetMGM, 70, 77% of the handle on that money line. The bucks open a $3 favorite. They now have been bet up to 350 so that's just a little look at what's happening. I, I got one for you quickly here. Yeah. So... They've got a big props being bet. Trey Young to record 15 plus assists. Drew Holiday over 19 and a half points, and Giannis to record a triple double. But I wrote this one down for you: uh, points, assists, rebounds for Trey Young tonight set at 45 and a half. Okay, so again, combined points, assists, and rebounds for Trey Young set at 45 and a half. The reason I bring that up is because you think there's going to be a concerted from Budenholzer and the Bucks uh, focus on Trey Young. I mean, he cleared that with just points alone, 48 points in game one. But again, points, assists, rebounds, 45 and a half for Trey Young. You know, I think he has to make that happen. I mean, I, I think they'll, he loses credibility in his locker room if he doesn't have an answer. As Wes said, Drew Holiday's a good defender. You've got to help him. You know, we blame the players so often. I mean, I blame the players, but sometimes, you know, as, as an evaluator, you got to look at the scheme, you look, look at the game plan, and then you have to look at the talent, and then you under, and then you make a decision. Like I've often said many times, you're in the veterinarian business in sports. The patient doesn't scream to you. But what screamed to me the other night, Wednesday night, was that Coach Bud was playing bad defense. I called a friend of mine in the league and said, explain to me what he was trying to accomplish. Hmm. And we went through it all. You know, and this is a coach in the league. And, and I didn't understand it because, once again, NBA man-to-man is a lot is similar to coverages in the NFL, how you want to play it, who cuts, cover one rat, cover one trap, how are we doing things. I like the fact that they picked Trey Young up before he got the ball in so he couldn't get comfortable into the offense, but they should trap him some. They need to mix things up and then always save something for the third quarter, always change something in the fourth quarter. When they went to the fourth quarter where they switched everything and they went smaller and got Lopez out of the game, they became a much more effective team. So uh, I, I'm with Co- – you got to. I, I think Wes is right also that seven and a half or eight in some books – 
you have to worry about Atlanta and a backdoor cover because they're good at, you know, they can shoot and they get hot in the second quarter. And look, Atlanta's playing with house money. They never expected to be here. People didn't think they were going to beat the Knicks. I didn't think they would beat the Sixers, you know, and here they are, the shining star of the NBA. You know, I think eight's a lot of points. I like Milwaukee tonight to play better. I'm, I would stay away from the, for me, I'm going to stay away from the point total. I'm going to stay with the under. Did you, did you hear from Thomas about the bet he took yesterday? I did. I did. I mean, that guy's, I mean, the, these guys double down. That pride. I mean, pride, I, pride is know. a dangerous thing. So I guess we can say it, right? He took a $360,000 bet on the Bucks at minus 500 to win the series. After the Bucks lost game one, the same better came in and put $500,000 on minus 200 on the Bucks to win the series. He's got $860,000 on the Bucks to win the series. Yeah, I mean, look, it's good if you have it. I mean, life is good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Life is good. But, I mean, 860 to Why pay not? back. Why not? I don't know, three-something? I mean, the guy is, woof. I mean, look, it's just, you know, maybe he's got what they call that, what's that term, the the F money? I mean, you know, look, yeah. it's it's great. I'm happy. But, you know, I mean, he, he I'll tell you one thing, he better have a conversation with Coach Bud because they're partners now. <laughs> They're partners. Yeah. He and Coach Bud are I don't know if I want to be Coach Bud's partner. That's what I would tell you. That's what scare the hell out of me. I don't want to be Coach Bud's partner. I don't trust him. I told you, he always looks like his pants are on fire. Or he just came off a bender over at Circa, right? I mean, he's just... Or he's got to go to the restroom. One of the three things. I mean, it's one of those three things. Happens to all of us. We all do use the restroom indeed. And Bud, maybe more... <laughs> Not maybe, in that sense maybe of urgency. More, maybe, maybe more than most. Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. <laughs> this is Beeston, the Sports Betting Network. That got weird. Uh, you're not gonna... no. Oh, man. I mean, you would hope he would get that cleared out before he had yeah. to start the well, game. I mean, come on, things man. Things enlarge as you get it's, older. He's all, I asked somebody in the league the other day, I said, are they going back to coach and ties? What are, you know, what are we going to do on the sideline? They said that, that they took a vote with the coaches that a lot of coaches want to go back to wearing their formal wear. I think they look better dressed like that. I mean, why do they have to be in coats and ties? You're going you're gonna to see Coach Coach Bud's good, and he's going to be wearing a tank top by the end of this Oh, year. my he God. Yeah, he's going to be wearing the turtleneck. I mean, it's going to be out. I mean, like God almighty. I mean, like I said yesterday, it's like the, how do those golfers look so good after they played 18 holes in the heat and humidity? Coach Bud, I'm telling you, his pants are on fire. I don't know. And he needs a haircut, too. <laughs> like, he got to get some haircut or something here. Look at him. Well, maybe you can give him a makeover. And why are we wearing – why are they all wearing masks, too? Like, I don't understand that. Dude, don't ask me. I'm confused every, every time. I always just have one in my back pocket. Your boy is vaccinated. Me too. So I mean, like, me too. I don't want to. I don't want to make anybody mad at me. I'm not going to get in a fight. I'll retreat. Wait, people get frustrated about the vaccine vaccination conversation. I didn't know well, that. I, I oh mean, I get God. this. If if I'm in an elevator or something and somebody's uncomfortable, I'll slap my mask on. I, I announced that I'm vaccinated. I mean, I swear, I, I I should wear a badge. I'm vaccinated. I can't wait to tell everybody. I was so happy that day when I walked through that convention center. I hear Are you, you kidding me? Yeah. Once once those two weeks pass, it's quite a liberating feeling. Um, and uh, just as an aside, I don't know how much you put into a coach projecting confidence, but the uh, disheveled and confused look no. coach he perpetually has, I don't know if that exudes confidence. 
It doesn't, but I think what Nate McMillan does is really good. He stands there, he glares, he glows. He kind of is in control. He doesn't overreact. He's the chess player that's just watching the game unfold. Up 30, down 30. It don't matter to him. It's the same look. You've got, you know, people don't understand this. You're thinking about what you want to do. You're thinking about your next move. How do I want to handle this? What can I do? This is why this is a big game for Coach Bud. What adjustments are he going to do in pick and roll? And if you're McMillan, you're sitting in your hotel room today saying, here's how I think they're going to play us. Based on the strategy that they've implored during the year, here's how I think they'll play us. The As we transition just a little bit here, the, the Steelers are in an interesting spot this year. They're going to have four new starters on that offensive front. They released... Pro Bowler and longtime guard David DeCastro after nine seasons, 31 years old, injuries. But it's going to be a new look offensive line because Villanueva left. I think Pouncey retired. This is going to be brand new. Yeah, Pouncey did retire. I mean, look, this and the offensive line, let's just be really clear, did not play well last year. I mean, that was one of the weak spots for their team. Uh, they couldn't block anybody. And, and I give Ben, Big Ben, a lot of crap for getting rid of the football. But I think if I was playing behind that line, I'd get rid of the football pretty quick. You know, now he's going to have two, ta- two new tackles. Kid they drafted in the third, third round in 2018, Okafor is going to be the left tackle. I don't know how this is going to work out. Really, I don't. You know, and and then I don't know what's going to happen at right tackle with Zach Banner, a street free agent from 18. They signed Trey Turner, who last played for Carolina two years ago, played for the Chargers last year, was not good at all for the Chargers. The Chargers needed offensive linemen. They cut him. Now, he says he was hurt. We shall see. We shall see. But I think when you look at this line, I think this is a team in complete transition. And everybody's giving them crap about, well, they picked Najee Harris. He's not going to be very good. Well, Najee, sometimes a running back makes the line a little bit better. What happens in pass protection, though? And that's where I'm worried about him. I'm worried about him on offensive line and in the defensive line. I mean, who's replacing Bud Dupree? I think that's a big problem. One, the, the Steelers, maybe one of those, the Steelers and the Bears for that 2020 season are going to be part of some trivia. You know, the Steelers won the North last year at 12 and four. It seems, I mean, I, I, this just doesn't add up there. That's a win total set at that MGM is eight and a half right now, juiced up to the under actually. And uh, the winners of the division last year are four to one in division to win it this year. Yeah, I think when you look at their season and you look after they went 10-0 and and then you start evaluating, they can't throw the ball down the field. They couldn't protect. They could not run block at all. You know, and you could say it was James Conner had no burst. True, he had no burst. You could say that McFarlane really wasn't a good explosive back. True. Schnell's, a, you know, a three-and-a-half yard a carry type back. But I think really – when you break it down is can Ben do anything other than being a shotgun? You know, they have a new offensive coordinator this season, Matt Canada. Is he going to be able to get Ben to play a little bit under center? You know, Ben don't want to be under center. Ben knows he's slow. Ben knows he doesn't move as well as he did. He wants that ball in his hands, and he wants to be able to bang it out of there as quick as he can. And with that line, if they can get the defense to count the five Mississippi, it might work. But they're not counting the five Mississippi. They're going to come after him, and they're going to have to prove that Okafor, Dotson, Hossiner, Trey Turner, and Zach Banner can actually block somebody. I, I think this is going to be a really a, a change of the guard in Pittsburgh. And then if Ben gets hurt, where are we? Where are we? Are we going to Haskins? Are we going to Joshua Dobbs? Mason Rudolph? I've seen that. I've seen that show before. I don't think that's going to work.
You know, the feel-good stories on Haskins and his commitment are already coming out. A special relationship with the head coach. Oh, please, with that. They do, listen, they draft. I I mean, look, I do think this, though, Patrick, in fairness to Haskins, and I've been as hard on him as anybody, but I truly believe fear does the work of reason. I think this is why they have to trade Ben Simmons. I think sometimes when you humiliate a player by cutting him or trading him, right, and all of a sudden, that player doesn't have the same cachet, the same stature in the locker room, and he has to humbly accept where he is with his new team. You might actually get a better player. You might actually get I know that sounds really foreign for fans to understand. Why doesn't a guy just play good all the time? Well, sometimes you've got to shift their mindset, and the only way you do that is by saying, I've had enough. I'm trading you. You know, I'm trading you or I'm cutting you. Maybe Haskins has found it out because if he does it by now, it'll never happen. Set at wide receiver. They do bring Juju back. Uh, They draft Najee Harris. They needed an upgrade there. But the offensive line's a huge question mark. At this point, Ben's a huge question mark, as you pointed out. Now, defensively, you know, uh, up front, they're tremendous. Watt and Hayward and Tuitt, and they just, you know, Highsmith, they just, they have good players. The linebackers, Bush returns from injury. But, you know, I again, eight and a half feels like a pretty good number for this team, to be honest. Well, let's, let's be real honest here. Okay, we'll have a heart-to-heart here. They can't cover anybody in the back end. No. Joe Hayden's not the same player he once was. You know, Cameron Sutton takes over from Mike Hilton. Can he be a good nickel corner? I don't know. Justin Lane, the Michigan State corner, third-round pick in 19. Is he going to be good enough? I'm not sure. Look, we know Mika Fitzpatrick's a really good free safety. But here's where they've always benefited from, their ability to rush the passer. With T.J. on one side and Bud Dupree on the other, they could get pressure. They And they got it, and they were able to create turnovers. Two years ago, they created turnovers without ever even having the lead. I mean, they won seven games two years ago with a bad offense. So we've seen this defense dominate. We've seen them turn the ball over. We've seen them find ways to win games. I just really worry that there's just not enough juice up front. Watt's great, but everybody's going to slide the protection to Watt. Everybody's going to make sure he's doubled. Where is the other side? Can can Highsmith rush effectively from the other side? We didn't. It didn't look like it last year. Now, maybe he's a changed player. That's why preseason for all of us is good to evaluate specific players on specific teams to see where they are. Remember, preseason is not about evaluating the whole team. It's about understanding the team and then evaluating their weaknesses. Eight and a half feel right? 12-win team last Feels, year? It, I, I, I'm going to go under it, and I think that's why the under's juiced. Yeah. I think you're right there. I mean, Mike Tomlin, look, in fairness, Mike Tomlin's never had a bad year. I mean, you know, he's never had, what, he's had one seven-win season in his career there? He, he wakes up so, and wins ten games every year. You're right. I mean, he does a great job. But, you know, and, and, and you could say, well, he's got Big Ben. No, I mean, Big Ben the last couple seasons hasn't been the guy. Now, you know, we've got no, you know, Furmerth, the kid they drafted out of Penn State, he's got to come through for them. Ebron's not a tight end. Let's just put that out there. He's not a tight end. He's a big receiver. Nobody's worried about him blocking anybody. So you have no strong side run game when he's in the game. People just line up nickel and say, okay, here we come. So, you know, again, this is very similar to the NBA. 
This is why the NBA and NFL are so similar in sports. It's because when I can formation you and change you, I go big and you can't match big, I stay big. If I go small, you can't match small, you know, I stay small. It's the same thing in the NFL. If I go into 11 personnel and you can, and you stay in base, I'm going to do. That's why the 49ers are so good. They're so fast out of their out of their base personnel. When they have Kittle, when they have their receivers, and they have the quarterback, Garoppolo, in the running game, they're fast. So you want to play big? out of that, okay, you're in trouble. You want to go to nickel, they'll run it out of you. That's the essence of football, which is the essence of basketball. Ebron, what's fascinating is he actually learned to catch the ball when he left the Lions. He had, he couldn't catch anything. He couldn't catch Patrick. I went to watch him at North Carolina when I was the GM of the Browns. I was at that practice. Now, the great Larry Fedora would only let me watch practice for 10 minutes. What Larry was hiding, I have no idea, okay? Like, I wasn't going to steal anything from Larry, okay? Trust me. Like, I wasn't getting anything from him. Like, I know you got top secrets. You got the missile codes to Russia. I get all that, right? <laughs> I don't need to know what you're doing, right? He kicks me off the practice field. 15 minutes. In that 15 minutes, I mean, my man Ebron must have dropped 80% of the balls thrown to him. He, he And then he's drafted, what, 10 overall. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, yeah, because you know why? It's the same thing. We do it all the time. We'll get him to bit better hands. No, we won't. No, we won't. Well, Fedora wasn't hiding wins at North Carolina. I know that. The um, It's a joke. Yeah, well, come on. Hey, quickly, you know, I heard this. You just brought up San Francisco, so I wanted to bring... Wh- Please. Wh- why, why would we're you... We're just talking here. Let's we're just, hey, we're just hanging out. Two, two dudes just being dudes. Why would, why would you eliminate competition? Now, I bring this up because San Francisco is, and the way that Shanahan is approaching this with the two quarterbacks is, it's a competition, essentially. The, in Chicago, why did they just eliminate competition with Fields and Dalton? That makes, to me, it's just the antithesis of what this is about. It's called the, the, the it's called the life and times the leadership lessons of Matt Nagy. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, want to read that. There's book. some people. Yeah, I don't. There's some people that just don't are not good leaders. Let's just be real honest here. And they don't understand the essence. You know, this is why, you know, I'm complaining about the 76ers culture. And then you got, well, we're just going to let we're going to let Andy Dalton win the job. Really? I mean, you got question marks all through your offensive line. You're just going to give jobs away in the line, too? Once you do for one, you have to do for all. And so, but that's just Matt. Matt's really, you know, Matt hasn't really learned how to become a head coach. Matt was a play caller. He worked for Andy. didn't call plays. You know, I mean, that doesn't make him a great, just because he's been there a long time, does he has not improved as a head coach. It's not all his fault. Nobody's helping him improve as a head coach either. I've got I've got bad news for you. <laughs> so Brian Scalabrini, a quote: "The Miami Heat could fix him, and Eric Spolstra as a coach could fix Ben Simmons." Uh oh, I believe that your new team. Oh, I believe that your that's your team. Now. I believe that. I believe they could. I because I, you know why. His butt would be in the gym working with their shooting coach, not with his brother. He would walk into the pro- – you've heard the story of, uh, you know, uh, of, of Pat Riley. I mean, there were two guys, there, two, two uh, G League players messing around in the gym. Riley was in there watching. Riley saw them messing around, left, you know. Next thing you know, they were both no longer on the team. They're like, what happened? Yes, what happened is you're not here to be, we're not here to entertain you. You know, we're not, you know, this ain't Love Boat. We don't need Bill Berman as Captain Stubick to come on and make sure you're having a nice meal. <laughs> you know, like seriously, this is a professional sports league team. You got to work your butt off. 
So that, that would work out well for you because you kind of been a, a Simmons uh, sympathizer a little uh, look, bit. Look, I, I I like I like a lot of what Simmons does. I like his ability. I hate his mental toughness. I think Fran Fraschella wrote a tweet to him the other day, which I thought was perfect. Look, you could do all the all the drills you want to do unless you grow up and put big boy pants on. It ain't gonna matter. Yeah. Simmons to Mike, and that's how I feel about him. If I had a conversation with him, I would be as brutal. It would be as brutally honest as that. Look, God gave you a unique gift. God gave you unique size. God gave you skills that most people would have begged to have. You won the lottery at birth. You got the lottery. You just gonna let it go away? Gonna waste it? Yeah. Gonna waste it? You can't have your brother as your shooting coach. That I know. And no offense to his brother. It's a joke. It's a comedy. Scalapini wrote this. I mean, what's his sources? <laughs> Scalapines, Scalabrini, yeah. He. Um, oh, Scalabrini. Okay. I, well, I get that confused. You know, it's some. You know, it's an Italian thing, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's yes. saying he's he was on uh, Sirius XM. How did we NBA get radio? there from? How did we I get there know. from the Chicago I, I just, Bears? I, saw, I have no idea. I, I how saw, we got. You're the host of the show. No, how no, do we I get do there know. from there? Nagy, mental toughness. <laughs> Simmons, mental toughness. There was a direct correlation. I'm telling you. Right now. Uh, JJ, are you producing the show or are you just what, watching? What the heck's going on hey, here, JJ? I was very entertained by the last 20 minutes. Um, there's one more. Actually. The, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues, as you know. Oh, oh I know you're excited to talk about it. Oh, um, my God. You, but there is a stipulation now. Players are given the option to opt out. Now, we just got a minute here, so maybe we can carry this over into doubt or no doubt. But players are given an option to opt out. And if he, w- if he does opt out by July 2nd, he would not forfeit $11.5 in unearned signing bonus for 2021. So he is going to keep some of that big money. Right, he 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 gets I think a minimum salary like one hundred fifty or two hundred thousand dollars. It's the same rules as last year. They're going to allow the players to opt out of COVID again this year. Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen? All those guys who weren't going to make the team are going to opt out. That's what happened last year. A lot of guys that weren't going to make the team opted out. Say that again, JJ. They don't get the stipend this year. They just get the minimum if they opt. They don't get that. Okay, they cannot. All right, so but he would keep eleven and a half million and right. He would he would preserve having to pay back. That's right. They basically are not going to get paid. They just don't get. They're not going to. He would presumably still receive the payments of six point eight as far as the million uh, the six point eight million roster bonus that he earned in March. So he'd keep a significant portion. We'll come back. We'll further discuss Aaron Rodgers and doubt or no doubt here on the Lombardi Line.
the Lombardi Line Friday as we welcome you back. Josh Applebaum's going to join us in just a bit. We'll get picks throughout the last half hour of the show. Michael Lombardi there. Let me make this very clear as far as what Rogers yes. faces. So by next Friday, July 2nd, he can pull the plug on the 2021 season. All players can. They have an opportunity to opt out here. It's permanent. You can't go play for somebody else, obviously, if you if you opt out of the season. And you can't opt back in. No. And the benefit of doing so for Rogers, so we're going to find out, is this, does this have to do with finances, is he'd save $18.3 million. He's not going to get paid for the season, but he would not forfeit $11.5 million in unearned signing bonuses if he opts out. And he would also still re- receive the payments of $6.8 million, which was the roster bonus he earned in March. Now, if he holds out, he loses the $18.3 mil. Right. But here's what happens by opting out, Patrick. He can't get traded. No, he can't play anywhere. He can't play anywhere, so he gives up the season. Now, I mean, that could be a good strategy. It keeps you away from having to pay down the debt, right? And your contract tolls, which that means it just next year when you come back, you have the same. It's like it's 2021 all over again. Now, if you're Deshaun Watson, this would be the play you want to make because you're not probably playing anyway. Can't reverse it. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry. You can't. You're better off if you're Deshaun Watson. You're better off. You know. You're not going to get fined. You're better not off. You're better off opting out of the season because you've opted yeah. out already, and you've got so many legal issues that you've got to handle. There's some people think this may not get resolved until 2023. So if you're Watson, it makes sense for me for him to opt out. If you're Rogers, you know when you put your toe in that water, you're swimming, bro. You're in the whole. You're in the water the whole way. So I, I don't know how that would really work. Now, the question would be, at this age, 38 years old, opting out would save, right. would save a, a, a year of wear and tear. He'd save some of that cash we've talked about him having to pay back. But I don't think this comes down to finances. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I don't think it does either. I don't think he sees himself paying back the Packers. I think he sees himself changing the venue. I think that's what he sees more than anything. And so that tactic may not work for him. Although, you know, if him, if he does it, then then if you're the Packers, you know he's dead serious. Then if you're the Packers, you know what I would do is say, look, in 2022, you're either going to play here or retire. Yep. Because the Packers are going to end up losing and get a high draft pick and draft the replacement for Jordan Love. It could be Sam Howe. It could be somebody else. But that's how this thing will go. By him not playing – you know, he actually may do the Packers a favor because they'll get a really high draft pick because they're not going to win. Matt LaFleur, and that, they're not going to win without him. No, they certainly aren't. Okay, so a new wrinkle to the Rodgers drama, no doubt. Be, really, but, but, the, but let's just take this from a layman standpoint. You know, Aaron Redman, an offensive guard for the Chicago Bears, if he opts out on July 2nd, he's not getting paid. Right? He's not getting a nickel. Like last year, they paid players that opted out. This year, there's no way the owners are paying players to opt out when they could just get an injection and play. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got a doubt or no doubt for you from uh, let's Go ahead. Buddy JJ. Okay, so here's a good one. So here's a Derek Carr quote. I'd probably quit yeah. football if I had to play for somebody God. else. So doubt or no doubt, Derek Carr will finish his career with the Raiders. I doubt it. Well, he's gonna, then he's going to have to retire. And I doubt, I doubt that he would quit football either. I agree. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, this is off-season chatter. It's noise, steam. 
It's noise, steam. It's noise. Steam. He's just talking. <laughs> he's talking about retire. He can't be steam. Um, it, it's it's he's he's known for hyperbole. He kind of gets dramatic when he gives yeah. quotes, and I think it's he's also, so dramatic. He is, he, Derek Carr is a pretty dramatic dude. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, like, look, just play. Tell that, you know, what he should be doing is like, bro, like, let's get this defense better. If we were better on defense, we might beat Kansas City. We almost had him beat twice. Yeah. You know, we could have beat Miami if we could have played just, you know, the last second defense of the game, you know? I think he goes through. I think he goes through three theatrics because his head coach is oh, very he's so dramatic. So he has to be like yeah. he has to prove his love for John Gruden. It's constantly. Yeah, it's, it's a tug of war with those two. Well, no, he constantly wants positive. Oh no, Derek, you're going to be here. That that was all about somebody reassuring him he's not leaving. Look, his contract's up. Baker Mayfield thinks he's going to get his contract done this summer. Lamar Jackson's getting his contract done. I mean, it's time now for Derek Carr to come back to the tilt. He's going back to the window. What are they going to pay him? All, all I needed from Derek Carr to know that he's dramatic is when he went on and on on hard knocks about how scared he was to propose to his wife. Dude, get oh, over it. Life is short. Gosh, grow up. Don't. Gosh. Yeah, seriously. I got to deal with Cheryl, my neighbor, every day. You got to propose? Who cares? God bless you. Thank you. Steam conversation next. If you missed any part of this show today, trust me, you can find it for free. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Follow the money, numbers game, Lombardi line, beating the book, Market Insights, PGA Tour, betting guys, And, of course, our buddy, Market Insights, Josh Applebaum, every day at noon. As, again, go to VEASAN.com slash podcast to listen to all of our VEASAN shows for free. And as we welcome in Josh Applebaum, of course, Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. Uh, I'm going to get out of the way because I feel a little awkward right now, but uh, a conversation. Oh, there's so, no awkward. Well, excuse me. I'm just going to duck. There's here. no awkward. Josh, was there steam on, yeah. was there steam on the suns yesterday? There was. And Michael, first off, great call for you. You called that thing a mile away, the value there with the Clippers. And again, I keep getting caught in these traps where I'm seeing a line move. They're matching systems, but the straight up contrarian play is coming through. So remember that was bucks nets game seven. Same thing last night. To your credit, Michael, you saw one thing happen late in that game that was really to your credit because a lot of these books that got up to Suns minus one and a half, you saw those one and a halves get down to one. I late. told you. So maybe that. I told you the steam. So was, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Early steam was all over the Suns. Again, that was a pick em game. You had some minus one Clippers, big steam early to the Suns. But that late movement, guys, was, was to Michael's spot there with the points. And also something to keep in mind moving forward, these inflated totals. Remember, that thing was 218 and a half. Got all the way up to like 222. And you saw it come back down late, 221 and a half. So, uh, again, if you kind of bought low on that inflated high number to the under, you cashed that one. And then, uh, Michael, props to our guy Reggie Jackson. He did it again over two and a half, three. Yep. Now, 14 of his last 16 games. And Aiden, you had Aiden over 15, didn't you, on a prop yesterday? Yeah, hit the props and, uh, man, got goaded into the Suns there, Michael. So I tip my cap to you. Great call on the clips. Well, I, I just think to me it's a lesson, and I don't mean this in any disrespect. I, I think this is a lesson to learn here. You are a contrarian better. 
And I think when, when the contrarian better principles doesn't line up with the steam, then I think it's a layoff. I, I think you have to, if a contrarian and the steam all go together, then that's great. But I think there has to be a separation of, of really, if you want to be a contrarian better and you want to go against the, you want to be with the house all the time, and there's really no house to go with. That's the problem. When, when the line's moving as, like it was moving, there's no house to go with. You know, and so you have to make a choice. And I'm just saying to you as an advice and most of the people listening to this program that steam isn't necessarily always correct. I think especially in basketball, I think it's in football. I I just think you have to stick to your principles. I know last year I made more mistakes listening to steam, listening to late movement, listening to how many betting, and just handicapped the game. Like, to me, that was the game yesterday, the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns walked, the Clippers walked off that court and said to themselves, we blew it. We, we, we don't inbound. We, we, we missed two free throws. Paul George misses two free throws. We don't play defense on the inbound. You know, two plays here and there, we win the game. Nothing to do with steam, nothing to do with sharps. And I think that mindset carried over to the Staples Center the next day. I think we need to get back to that. I'm with you, Michael. And if you notice, when we get to today's game, Bucks, you see what color shirt I'm wearing? I got the ultimate hazmat play of all time on the Bucks. So do you want to get into it now, or what do you what do you think, Patrick? No, I want to get into it, but I don't know why it's a hazmat. Like you, you why do you think it's a hazmat? I mean, there's 43 well, percent of the money coming in on that. Yeah, Michael, I would just say in terms of public perception. So number one, how do you not take you know Trey Young in the points here? Obviously, they went outright last game as an eight-point dog. We've seen them in this spot as road dogs win these outright spots. You know, getting seven, eight points. They did it against you know the Sixers. Did it again in game one. I think the hazmat play is just from a perception standpoint. How can you possibly lay all these points with a Bucks team that just lost outright? laying eight points but you know again getting back to my principles michael this is my safe space right here going bucks because it's so disgusting to me because here's the thing you walk into a bar everyone's got a trey young jersey on tonight almost 76 percent of bets according to bet mgm are taking the hawks and the points here but it's all about the line movement to me guys this open bucks minus seven and a half now up to eight and you gotta ask yourself if everyone's betting the hawks why are the books now giving an extra half point to the public to sweat the Hawks here? So this is a buy low spot for me, Michael. I'm, and we always talk about, you know, I like those gross dogs. They look like they got no shots. To me, that's where you find a lot of value. Trendy dogs are the ones I want to avoid. And tonight, this is probably the trendiest dog you're ever going to find in an NBA playoff game. We have seen this rare contrarian home favorite off the loss system do pretty good. It's about 56% last decade. And also, favorites with a line move in their favor are 25 and 20 this postseason and then also michael what do you think of the total here opened 226 it's down to around 225 and a half it went over last time but do we get a lower scoring game and it sounds like you do like laying the points of the hawks here you know you know for me i i think this is a game about coach bud I, I I don't want to touch the I don't want to touch the seven and a half or eight. I've said that earlier in the show, Josh. I think I like I like the under in this game. I think this is I don't want to I don't like Coach Bud's coaching. I, I I made it very clear. I think he he's too basic. I don't think he plays chess. I think Nate McMillan's out coached him in the game in, in the first game. That being said, I I could easily see Milwaukee with who has the better team playing much better. I don't anticipate Trey Young coming off and playing the way he did in the first game. I think they're going to have to have an answer for him. And we'll see that adjustment in game three from Nate McMillan when they go back to Atlanta to the uh, 
to their arena. But for me, I, I, I like the under. I think it's about pace. I think the Bucks will play better tonight. I don't want to mess with anything but the under. I just feel like it's the safer play. I think the number's high. Wes Reynolds talked about backdoor cover. Look, if the Bucks don't win and play the style of defense that they have to play to win this series, I think Coach Butt will get his butt fired. And I think this is what – I think he has his back to the wall tonight. You see the number there, the money line up to 360 on the Bucks. The number up to eight when Michael and I opened. It was seven and a half. Uh, the Hawks, they are five and one. Against the spread, their last six games as road dogs. That's the situation they're in right now. And, uh, again, I don't know when we're going to start believing in this team. They have been ridiculous. They're 32-18-1 since Nate McMillan took over against the spread. Josh is all over. Fear the deer with Josh Applebaum. (laughs) Yeah, Patrick, I would just say this is one of these plays to me, Michael. It's a sweet spot system for me. Again, if the public's all over the Hawks, why is the line going to the Bucs? Classic sharp reverse line move play there. And I think this is a play where either you look like a complete idiot when Trey Young, you know, wins the game or they cover, or you look like a genius with the Bucks. But a system play for me. And also, Michael, I know we're up against it. What do you think of Chris Middleton over two and a half threes? He was 0 of 9 in the oh, I'm all over that, that, Josh. I'm all over that. Yeah. I, I don't think you look like an idiot if you if, if you. I think you look like an idiot if you're trusting Bud. That's why I'm staying away from the game. I can't trust Coach Bud in the unmade bed. I'm going to go with the – I'm going to play the pace of the game, but I'm with you on the Middleton on the three-pointers. Okay, we'll come back and solidify that prop tonight, Josh, with you. Also, I want to run this one by you both again. Trey Young's points, rebounds, assists set at 45-and-a-half. want you to marinate on that. It's interesting. He goes 66 total points, rebounds, and assists in game one. Will they shut him down or at least mitigate him a little bit? We'll find out coming back here on the Lombardi line on a Friday. It's VSIN Esports Betting Network. at BetMGM. Again, you got to use the bonus code VEASAN100 tonight. If the Bucks or Hawks hit a three-pointer, you're going to win $100. Just use the bonus code VEASAN100 over at BetMGM or download the BetMGM app. It's that simple. Got to be 21 years or older. Located in West Virginia, Washington, D.C., Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Nevada, New Jersey, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Colorado. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C., 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, Tennessee, caller text redline 800-889-9789, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Okay, welcome you back. A um, couple things. One, we got, as Michael Lombardi, Josh Applebaum, of course, this is the Lombardi line. We saw over at BetMGM the splits completely flip from game one. Everybody, ticket, handle, all over the Bucks in game one. That's completely flipped, Josh Applebaum. 76% of the tickets being written up on the spread on the Hawks. 76%, 74% on the handle. Uh, the, as far as the total, 81 with Michael on the under on the ticket count. The total, the handle, 72%. So, again, everything's flipped, and that's what happens with perception uh, with the public here. Yeah, Patrick, you're totally I right. think so. It's all about, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. 
Well, Pat, uh, Michael, I was just going to say, this is how recency bias can really form opinions when it comes to the public and it comes to the NBA playoffs. So, again, what happened last time? And I think this is, uh, I don't believe in trap lines, but I do believe the public kind of gets trapped in perceptions. So, again, you're coming off a game where Trey Young played absolutely incredible and, you know, a rising superstar in the league. But he got eight points last time and they won outright. So the odds makers, you would, and they set these lines based on their power ratings. They got a lot of data to go off of. But they also know that if they hang out a big number there, a seven and a half and eight, you're going to have the public all over the points with Trey Young. But here's where I really like it, Michael. The fact that the line didn't fall the Bucks, you know, and that's kind of where I got tripped up yesterday with the Suns. You know, they were a public play, but also had a line move. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe pros like him as well. But this is pretty clear that the Bucks, to me, are the sharp play because if everyone's betting the Hawks, why isn't this line falling down to seven, six and a half? It's going the other way. It's going toward the Bucks. That's why, to me, Michael, laying the points is, is, the, is the sharp fade the trendy dog play. Well, I, I think, look, this is the Milwaukee's last stand. I mean, it was a little bit like the Clippers. If they don't play well tonight, when are they going to play well? Yeah, they could go down to Atlanta and win two games. But I think this is really about their adjustments. This is, this is they're going to have to show that they're going to take Trey Young out of the game. They're going to do some things to disrupt his flow. They're going to have to handle the pick and roll with with being able to play him tighter, get his hand, get hands on him. And but you know, you haven't mentioned this which is shocking Josh Applebaum for you particularly. America tonight, we get to enjoy Scott Foster again. <laughs> Foster's on the call. Oh my gosh. Foster is going to be just absolutely in front of that camera. Listen, you know that, Mike, Michael, you know that game two was a game two in Phoenix. The last 90 seconds took 33 minutes in real time. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I know. That's got Foster. I know. Did everybody's complain? I did Australian radio the other night. I think Wednesday night I did it. Wednesday or Thursday. Maybe it was Thursday. I don't remember. It was Thursday in Australia. But then my friends down there, uh, we, we did the radio program uh with Gary Lyon and, and Tim Watson, tremendous guys, both the AFL pl former players, and they were complaining about it. And, you know, they're up in the morning. They're watching the game in the morning time, Australia, and they were complaining about how long it took, and they even know Scott Foster's a disaster. So, you know, it's <laughs> remarkable. I'm looking, I'm looking at our sheets, Josh, and Scott Foster, home record, as the, as the, when he does a home game for a team, he's 456 and 507. So he favors the dog 47.4% of the time. Pat Freyer, another official, he's 51% in, in terms of the home team, and Courtney Kirkland is 49% uh, for the visiting team. And the over is both both Fraher and Kirkland are for the over, and of course Scott Foster's for the under. Yeah, Josh, maybe we should just explain to the better, what does Scott Foster directly mean when he's on when he's officiating a game? Yeah, I think we talk about this a lot. And, you know, to me, I wouldn't, if you're listening to Visa and we talk about officials and umpires, to me, just keep in mind that it's a it's a small thing, but if it lines up with what you're already looking at or your handicap on the game, to me, it's a cherry on top that makes you feel a little more confident. So if you look at a lot of these stats that I look at, if you're a good referee or an umpire, you're pretty much down the middle. Dog, favorite, home, road, over, under, you're around 50%. But there are a few refs, a few umpires. We always go back to Joe West in baseball. But the, the Joe West of the NBA is Scott Foster. Scott Foster is a guy, you know, again, he made those calls to Donahue. That's a whole other subject. We could do a Lombardi line on that. Yeah. But he is the most extreme referee in the NBA when it comes to favoring road teams. 
and favoring overs. Again, this is a guy that, uh, you know, loves the airtime and makes these calls and gets in the players' heads. So he favors the road team that would favor the Hawks tonight. He favors the over. So, again, smart money under here. So they're not lining up perfectly. Just remember, don't bet a game just because Scott Foster is refing. But if it lines up with what you already like, to me, I'll take that as a carry on top. There you go. Good job. Good job explaining that, both of you. Okay, prop for tonight, and I think you mentioned it with Middleton. Is that it? Yeah, it's Middleton. And, Michael, to me, I like buying low on a guy who had a really bad night but whose track yeah. record is actually pretty good because Middleton, 0 of 9 from threes. This isn't Marcus Smart on my Celtics who just jacks him up and doesn't hit him. Middleton's a pretty good three-point shooter here, and he actually went over the two and a half threes in eight of the 12 games uh, so far this playoff. So what I like about this one too, Michael, the over-under on threes is two and a half, but it's juiced to the over minus 125. So you got to ask yourself, if a guy went 0 for 9 last, last uh, game, why is the over being juiced up? You would think the under would be be juiced up here. So I'm looking at a bounce back spot with Middleton. It just looks fishy to me. I'll take that over two and a half threes. I'm hoping for three threes for Middleton tonight here, Michael. Yeah, I am too. I think he'll play much better. He has ability to bounce back, and they need him to play better. Look, Holiday was his best game as a buck. He had 33 points, 10 assists. You know, he didn't shoot great. You know, and and look, what more can Giannis do? But I, I think the other thing we're going to see tonight is I thought initially that when this series started because of Atlanta, and again, I'm not disrespecting Atlanta, but I felt like the Bucks could extend their bench a little bit. But Jeff Teague didn't give him anything in the nine minutes he played. And Connaughton is just not this, you know, they, they missed uh, DiVincenzo. They're one man short. I think Coach Bud's going to have to really shorten his bench again tonight. Giannis is going to play 43, 44 minutes. Holiday's going to have to play a lot of minutes. Middleton's going to have to play a lot of minutes. Because like the 76ers, when they go to the bench, you know, they end up giving they end up giving a little bit of an advantage. And what I liked about McMillan, McMillan's really good at how he monitors his bench. Like when Lou Williams in game five was lighting the Sixers up, he played a ton of minutes. But he can tell because Lou's at the end of his career, he can tell when Lou has it and when he don't. And then he limits Lou's minutes and he knows he's got to play his other guys more. And I think that's really smart. And I think that's what you have to do. Coach Bud can't go to his bench. He can't mess with the Teagan experiment. You know, and I think most importantly, he's got to find a way to get Trey Young to have to guard somebody and make a pay a price for him not playing defense. Okay, let me stick with that then. You just you, you led into it perfectly. Trey Young points, rebounds, assists total in game one were 66. The number tonight for prop is set at 45 and a half, Michael. Which way are you going on Trey Young? I, I would lean under. Let's say he has a 20-point game and a, and a 10-point assist. Let's say, let's say he has 25 and 10. That's 35. And, you know, he gets five rebounds. I'm at 40. Yep. That's a hell of a night, right? Yeah, and it's well under the 45 and a half. It's, yeah, it's well under. I, I'm going to lean under there. Josh Applebaum? What about you, Josh? Uh, this is a tough one. I may lean over here. I may be walking another buzzsaw, Michael, but I was looking at some of these stats, and if you look individually, not just the cumulative number there, Patrick, you threw out, but all these props are juiced to the over. So it's 30 and a half points over minus 115, uh, over three and a half rebounds, minus 125, over nine and a half assists, minus 125, over two and a half threes, minus 175. So they're all being juiced to the over. I'd lean over here. I do like your thought process, Michael, of he went way over the first time. You know, you're due for some regression. But, Michael, I'll, I'll ask you this. You know, 
Coach Bud, does he ever learn from Bill Belichick? You know, take away your best player. You know, when, when Belichick's going up against the Chiefs, you know, take away Tyree Kill, take away Kelsey. Why doesn't Bud, you know, double or make, say, hey, I'll let anyone beat me but Trey Young, or is Trey Young just so good it doesn't matter? Well, I think really when you break it down and talk to people in the league is is the way he played the pick and roll. He played a very basic form of pick and roll. First of all, you can't let the guy getting picked go under the pick. It creates too much room for the shooter, and Trey Young's too good. So that you can't do that. You've got to fight through the pick. You've got to be able to go through the pick. And then the back, the guy who's defending the roller has to be able to hug a little bit more because what happens is when Trey Young gets to the top of the, the inside, the paint, all of a sudden, now he's in runner territory and he can hit that runner and and instead of laying back and guarding the rim they got to hug him and they've got to get a hand in his face and what we can't do tonight I mean if he gets to that free throw line 15 times he's going to have 13 points free at the line so you've got to be really good at guarding him in the pick and roll and you've got to be able to put him in some pick and roll actions where you force him to switch off on somebody that makes him have to defend so this is on coach bud like this is about how do you want to help Drew Holiday. I think you got to trap him a little bit. I think you got to help Drew Holiday trap him, get the ball out of his hands. I think you got to switch. And then I think you got to have a way to play the pick and roll. Okay. We've got a minute left, Josh. Let's do this on the hockey. Islanders at Tampa Bay elimination game. Tampa Bay is a big time favorite here. Kucherov is a huge question. Where are you at? Yeah, Patrick, two things I'm eyeing for this one. So, number one, a little bit of movement toward the Islanders. If you want to take the plus money, again, game seven, they can be coin flips. You did see movement. It's like minus 170 lightning down to minus 160. But, Patrick, one system you and I have been playing, which hasn't let us down yet, Tampa Bay Lightning, awful loss in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're 14-0 and the last two years. I'm going to ride that number there. You also have a, a home spot here. We're getting the last change. The under as well, Patrick. If you can find that five and a half, cash last night, in game sevens, the under uh, is 28 and 16, 64% the last decade. It's 60% this playoffs. I'm going to go lightning. I'm going to go under here, Patrick. Okay. Fellas, have a great Friday. We've got a big show. I can't coming. wait till tomorrow morning. Yeah. We've got a big show coming up tomorrow, 7 my time, 10 a.m. your time, boys. That's Michael Lombardi, M. Lombardi NFL. Josh Applebaum, Market Insights is the pod. Hey, by the way, another pod over there to my right on the screen. Of course, GM Shuffle. Josh Applebaum, Market Insights. Josh underscore Insights. Thanks, boys. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Thanks Patrick. Thanks, Josh. The Nuts is coming up next here on v the Sports Betting Network. Sports Betting Network.